The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his children and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but the one who drinks of the water that I will give will never be thirsty. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband, and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one that you have now is not your husband. What you said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, What do you want, or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do not say four months more, 
Then the harvest comes. But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. One of the great themes of the season of Lent is the conversion of new Christians, catechumens, that will journey with us and be baptized at the Easter Vigil. And these readings today are perfect for that. So let me just go into the Gospel parable and just break it open a little bit. There's a few things that need to be understood in context, and they all help us to understand what God is offering, not just new Christians, new catechumens, but all of us, and that is baptism and Eucharist. We begin with the meeting place, the well, why does Jesus choose that? In the Old Testament, when the patriarchs wanted to come into their own and establish a family, they met their spouse at a well. That was Isaac, Jacob, and Moses. So whenever a man and woman met at a well, there's usually a wedding. So that well took on a spousal nuptial meaning in the Old Testament. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He is arranging to meet this woman at the well because he wants to enter into a relationship at the highest intimacy, similar to a marriage, but of course much more. And that corresponds with the Old Testament because God keeps saying in the Old Testament, I am your husband to Israel. Christ comes and says, I am the bridegroom, the church is the bride. So there's the imagery of nuptial union that God wants for all of us through baptism and Eucharist. The second image has to do with the woman herself because she's not an ordinary woman, she is a Samaritan. And Samaritans are a combination of Jew and Gentile. Going all the way back into the 8th century BC when the Northern Ten Tribes were conquered, the king of Assyria took his pagan population and imported it right into the ten tribes and they started to intermarry with the Jews who were left in the northern ten tribes and there you have now a mixed breed of Samaritans. That is an image of all of humanity. That's what this woman stands for. Not just Jew, not just Gentile, everyone. God wants to enter into a relationship with all people. The third image has to do with this living water when the woman comes to the well, Jesus is there and he makes himself vulnerable. He hasn't brought a bucket for anything and he's thirsty and he asks the woman, 
She doesn't want to correspond with him because there's all these cultural barriers. But Jesus perseveres and says, if you knew who I am, I would give you living water. Now, for the woman, living water would simply mean running fresh spring water, which she would desire, rather than the stagnant, let's say, waters of a pond. But Jesus means something much deeper. This attracts her attention. She wants that running fresh stream water. Jesus is going to say, well, that's not quite what I'm intending. I want to give you living water, which is the divine life. The Holy Spirit, that's what Jesus means. But she wants this living water and she says, give it to me. And that's after Jesus said, if you take it, you yourself will become a spring of living water and you'll never have to come back here again. So now she's desiring this and that's all Jesus needs to bring her to a new relationship. But first he has to remind her of her broken past. And so he says, bring your husband. She skirts the issue and says, I have no husband. And Jesus then reveals that he knows everything about her. And now she knows he's a prophet. So now she really wants a relationship with him. She brings up the topic that the Messiah will come. And Jesus says, I am the Messiah. And now she wants that. There's the spousal relationship. And the next image has to do with the water jar, because she puts it down, signifying, I'm no longer going to come to this well. I don't have to. I have a spring of living water, which will satisfy me. That's an image of all of us of trying to find complete satisfaction in ordinary material things. So now she's totally committed to this relationship. She's so excited. She goes to her townspeople and says, come and see a man that's told me everything I have ever done. He is the Messiah. So now she becomes an evangelist, the first evangelist in the gospel. All of this has to do with baptism because in baptism, the living waters are poured into our hearts and God is always wooing us into a deeper relationship of spousal love, mutual indwelling. The water of baptism cleanses us of all our sins and then pours that spirit into us. As Paul says in that second reading from Romans, now we get to the first reading where the Israelites are traveling through the desert. They are thirsty. They're complaining about their thirst. And God says to Moses, take your staff and strike the rock and out from that rock will flow water to satisfy their thirst. Well, what is that water? St. Paul identifies the rock as Christ in his first letter to the Corinthians. On the cross, when Jesus is dying, and actually he's now dead, the soldier takes his staff, the spear, strikes Christ's side, outflows water and blood, again signifying the living waters of baptism and now the blood of the Eucharist. All is for us. Christ on the cross is the divine bridegroom. He lays down his body for his bride. This mass is a representation of the cross. And Christ is on now the altar. The blood is going to be again available for us. 
And this Mass is a renewal of our baptismal. We are the Samaritan woman. We're called to go deeper into that spousal relationship and invite others to become part of this community. And there's the evangelist that this woman has become and that we're called to become as well. So it's a beautiful set of readings. Pray for the catechumens who are coming into the church worldwide. They will receive the living waters of baptism. They'll receive their first communion, the blood of Christ, and they'll become part of this ever-growing body of Christ in a spousal relationship with the bridegroom.